Welcome to Front and Center, from political battlefields to cooperative playing fields, where awakening people from all sides come together to help write our new story and build upon America's sacred purpose, unity and diversity, while expressing their individual freedom in the context of sacred community. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Maxenny and Steve Behrman. of Front and Center. Uh, I'm really excited today to have a very special guest, a, a woman that I met in 2014 when she was a speaker uh, at an event that I was as well called the Progressive Summit. Uh, there were roughly 50 different progressive organizations there and over 200 uh, activists in the, in the room. And I got to meet Zen that day, well, actually building up to the to that day, and uh, I was taken back by what she was able to explain uh, of so much of that's contributing to the lack of health in our country. And I'll leave it at that so we can get into this on the podcast. So remember, uh, if you're there when you're done, please stay with us till the end and share, like, and do all those things to help us. Uh, promote this message because it's really important. So now I want to bring in my partner, Steve Behrman. And Steve, would you make a more formal introduction, please, of our special guest, Zen Honeycutt. Thanks, Michael, and welcome, Zen. Uh, Zen Honeycutt is the founding executive director of Moms Across America, which is a nonprofit national coalition of unstoppable moms. She has three boys with allergies and autism symptoms, which greatly improved when they went GMO-free and organic. She discovered that thousands of moms are seeing the same results. She's the author of Unstoppable, Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and Celebration of Community. She also instigated the first consumer-funded glyphosate testing in America. And Zen is also the director of a short film called Communities Rising, and recently launched a new nonprofit pilot program called the Neighborhood Food Network to create a parallel food system one street at a time. Welcome, Zen, and could you please tell our audience what Moms Across America is all about and how you got started with it? Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for everybody who's watching and for your team that puts this on. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to more people everywhere about this issue that's so near and dear to my heart. And... Um, that is the food supply and the poisoning of Americans through the food supply and the benefits of organic and how we really can recover from so many different ailments and health issues and regain our power in life, our creativity, our relationships, and everything that matters to us, right? Our freedom and our health and our integrity in this nation can really be benefited by focusing on the food supply. Because we all know food brings everybody together, right? And that's what Moms Across America was initiated around. My children were sick, as, I, as you mentioned in my introduction. And my husband and I never had those issues when we were kids, 
These were new issues, autism, allergies, autoimmune issues, asthma. These were things that we did not have. And all of a sudden, every family that we knew had kids with these issues. And uh, so I looked into it. I realized that GMOs had been introduced into the food supply. At that time, it was 20 years prior. Now it's been about 30 something years and that they were not labeled and they came with a whole bunch of very harmful pesticides because they had been genetically engineered. The majority of them, 80% of them, had been genetically engineered to withstand these pesticides. So I did a deep dive into the food supply because you know the saying, a worried mom does better research than the FBI, right? That was one of, that was, that was, <laughs> I was one of them. And I was worried about my kids' health and I wanted to, you know, support them to get better. And I found out about GMOs. I found out about glyphosate, which we'll talk about more about. And I found out about the corruption of the food supply and what the government has been doing that allows the poisoning of American citizens. And uh, what, and I learned a lot about what they could be doing to protect us that they were not doing. So I'm sure we'll go into that. But Moms Across America was started to amplify the voice of the moms, to support moms to find out about this because moms buy 85% of the food and make 90% of that women make 90% of the household purchasing choices and people trust moms, right? So if moms are the ones that are talking about this issue, I feel that many people, especially senators and representatives, they specifically told me, oh, uh, we are more scared of moms than any other grassroots group out, group out there. And that's because moms are unstoppable and they are passionate and dedicated and in general, not saying dads aren't, but you know, moms have a particular flavor of, of protection around their babies. And, and so, um, so we took that on and it grew from uh, zero in February, 2013 to a reach of over 300,000 a week on Facebook. Um, and that we joined into 179 groups, joined into 4th of July parades on our, for our first event. And since then, we, we had, well, in the first five years, we had 600 leaders that created over 1,000 events local, uh, nationwide, and one in, at least one in every single state. And so our moms have been really at the forefront of pushing for organic food in grocery stores. And I don't know about you, but now at every store I go into, I see organic food. And some stores, they say organic in every aisle, like Albertsons. And so I believe that our moms have had a, a huge part of raising awareness about GMOs, glyphosate, and organic food. And that's what I'm, I'm really most proud about. We have a lot of accomplishments, but just to have organic food be more accessible and to hear from, from moms that their children and their family members are recovering by switching to organic food is immensely fulfilling to me. Wow. Uh, Zen, uh, I want to touch on one thing uh, that it comes clear. And that is when you say moms are unstoppable and, uh, why they're, why they're unstoppable. And that is something that once you become a parent, you understand how <clears throat> your love for your child will make you jump in front of a train to save them, stop a bullet to save them. Uh, love is the absolute most powerful emotion that will overcome any fear. And, uh, that's where moms are so effective because not that dads don't love their children as much, but because of the way our family structure has changed in our country over the last many years, many, many, many fathers have been disconnected from their families, from their children. And so that love connection uh, has been broken, unfortunately, for so many. And that's where moms are the, uh, <clears throat> the remaining connection to those children and have that powerful emotion of love 
that is so needed right now. So thank you uh, with that. Uh, I'd like you to go into, if you would, a little bit of the specifics of what you know of what our government has allowed to happen for various reasons of which uh, you might talk about <laughs> what are some of those motivating factors, why our government allowed things to happen or passed regulations or laws that have given that pathway for the GMOs and the pesticides, et cetera, that are killing or and destroying the health of Americans. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, it all goes back to loopholes at the FDA. Okay. And the way the corporations pressured the FDA to categorize GMOs. So GMOs are genetically modified organisms and they have been manipulated in a lab. It would never happen naturally. In a lab, they have been manipulated to do things like fish salmon would be grows four times fatter, four times faster, and be sterile, right? These are fish that have been genetically engineered with a certain kind of eel, or tomatoes that were genetically engineered with fish genes so that they wouldn't uh, get frostbite, uh, certain types of genes, right? These are things that would never happen. They are not hybrids. But for some reason, even though they get a, a patent and a trademark and, you know, all of that, and they get technology fees for this new form, this, it's not a new form of life, it's a stolen form of life, right, that they have manipulated and then patented and then sell the, the seeds, for instance, the tomatoes at a 375% increase. Um, there's also corn and soy and canola and sugar beets and yellow crooked net squash, some zucchini, there's papaya, there's uh, non-browning apples, even though they do... They still are, and potatoes, they're still rotting. They're just masking the browning, right? These, these are the kinds of GMOs that are out there right now. Pink pineapples, God knows why we need those. But they take life. They genetically engineer it. There's over 400 different varieties now, um, and, and they patent it. However, the FDA decided that this is not a product. They are, it's a process. If they had categorized GMOs as a product or as an ingredient, right, as something that like a that you can test for and find there, which it is, you can test for GMOs and find it there. So to me, that's an ingredient. That's not a process, right? Like um, irritation or freezing, right, uh, uh, chickens or something like that, right? It's not. It's not a pro. It is a process, but it ends up in a result product. So by doing that, these GMOs did not have to go through the security regulations that a product or ingredient would. They didn't have, they don't have to be labeled on the label, right? Like salt is an ingredient. It has to be labeled that there's salt in that ham that you buy. But if that ham has been genetically modified, it doesn't need to be labeled because they're saying it's a process, not a product or an ingredient. So that was the first loophole that really um, just said, and I believe it was Clinton that did that. So it just said, go ahead and just make the GMOs that you want to make and um, you know, we'll go through some sort of like, you'll submit some studies or whatever to say it's safe and to the FDA and the FDA really is saying, well, you know, you need, you need to make sure that it's safe. It's, it's all the regulators. I mean, sorry, it's all the, in, it's the industry saying that it's safe, not the regulators. The regulators really aren't doing anything about it. And then the, the EPA mucked up the process also by saying that the final formulation of any of these chemicals that are used with the GMOs, right? So 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand glyphosate or otherwise known as Roundup. So the problem with that is that the EPA only required the Roundup manufacturers or other, there's 700 different generic brands now of glyphosate-based herbicides. There's many different, you know, manufacturers that make it, not just Monsanto, but they only required the manufacturers to submit 
uh, short-term studies on one ingredient in the formulation, not the final formulation. And, and this is a fact. I have been at the EPA. I've spoken to there four times. I've been at congressional briefings. And I asked the director of the pesticide regulation department, do you have any long-term animal studies with blood analysis on the final formulation of Roundup? And they said, which one? There's hundreds of them. I said, any of them. They said, no. So the final formulation that's being sprayed of any type of chemical on our food supply has never been proven safe. This is a major loophole, and this is something that they could rectify. But their, their rebuttal to that is, well, we get tens of thousands of submissions of chemicals to, to be used in the environment or in household product. We simply can't handle all of the, you know, the amount of, uh, that we get from these corporations. These corporations are producing new things all the time because they need to make money, so it's a marketing thing. And they create a new formulation and put something else in it and say it's a new product because they want to sell a new product. And they send it to the FDA and the EPA. And the EPA just gets th thousands of submissions. They, feel, they say, we, we can't handle it all. So they just say, look, we'll approve any chemical, uh, I mean, any product that has the declared active chemical ingredient in it. We don't care about the other, the other um, ingredients. And we, we'll just go ahead and approve all of those. Any, any products that contain glyphosate, for instance, you know, they approved whatever it was to 40 years ago, and it's been under reapproval for the past 15 years now, and it still has not been either approved or denied. They could have denied it like 15 years ago, and they're still, they're still waiting around, or at least 10, 12 years ago, something like that. So um, that is a major fault in the, and that this goes for body care products, for your cleaning products, for anything that you're using, there aren't final formulation approvals, approvals of them. They get to just use the product as long as it has that one declared active ingredient. Now, the other ingredients in glyphosate have been shown by Seralini's study uh, team in studies to be a thousand times more toxic than glyphosate. So the other ingredients in these products are more acutely toxic. Like glyphosate is long-term harmful, harm to the liver, the, the uh, kidneys, thyroid, reproductive damage, emasculinizing, uh, you know, androgenizing female baby girls, killing off sperm, um, nervous system damage, neurological damage, long-term glyphosate has been proven with thousands of studies to cause long-term harm. But it's the most innocuous, if you want to say that, in short-term, you know, exposure. The other ingredients, the arsenic, heavy metal, uh, PFOEA, there's other ingredients in Roundup that are acutely toxic within days, they will, you know, within 36 hours or 24 hours, they will kill more than half. Acutely toxic means it will kill more than half of the animal subjects in less than 48 hours. So, um, yeah. So the other ingredients will do that in many cases of, of marine life and, and all of that. And, and I asked the EPA for the studies that proved that glyphosate was, uh, was not harmful and they sent me some studies, I don't know, it was maybe 20 or something like that. And only the summaries of them, and not many of them. I did this through a Freedom of Information Act. And one of the studies, for instance, was on oysters. And they did a short-term study on oyster, oysters. And they said that after four days, most of the oysters were closed and not feeding. That, to me, sounds like a coma. And these were low levels. What happened on the fifth day? You know, what, what happens if you're closed and not feeding after a certain number of days? You die. And that was an example of something that they had shown to, to show safety. They, oh, because they were still alive. 
They weren't dead, you know what I mean? But they were closed and not feeding. And they showed that shrimp, uh, which, you know, are the size of a fetus, very low levels killed those shrimp. And so I immediately thought, well, what about the fetus in the womb? What about the mother eating glyphosate? Where she's definitely exposing the fetus to glyphosate. And we know that there's been an um, increase of miscarriages and birth defects and all of that in women um, who are eating conventional American diet. And, and we see this happening in pigs as well. There's been numerous studies showing that pigs exposed to glyphosate, they had a 33% increase in miscarriages and birth defects. So I am extremely concerned about what the government is not doing to regulate the food supply. And I, and I have to say, I know I'm talking a long time, but I, I have to add in both administrations are equally responsible for this. Okay, Obama said he was going to label GMOs, Democratic Party. He did not. Clinton allowed the GMOs deregulation. Uh, I'm sure that Bush didn't do much. I mean, he allowed all this stuff to be happening too. And then Trump came in and said uh, during COVID that actually GMO producers can regulate themselves. That, that, so the FDA no, is no longer regulating GMOs. And, and he passed a thing just to say that they can have a QR code, a phone number, or a website. Obama approved it, but then Trump allowed it to go through. You know, it didn't need to say made with genetically engineered ingredients. They can put bioengineered. They're changing the name of what it is. And it doesn't even have to say that. You can just go to, a, you have to, you can just call the phone number on, they already have the phone number on a product, right? They didn't do anything different to label GMOs. And, and Trump, in addition, said during COVID that ingredients that needed to be changed it out due to COVID, due to like lack of, um, of supply because of, you know, all the cargo ships being stuck at the ports and things like that. He said, you can go ahead out and switch ingredients on the label and not change the label. So you could switch it from sunflower oil to canola oil, even though people having allergies to these types of, of things and not change the label. So the government is pandering from both parties, both administrations, anybody, I have to preface this, any political candidate who is receiving money from big ag, big pharma, big tech, or big oil is working for them. They are not working for you. Any candidate, I don't care what party they're from, if they are taking money from big pharma, big ag, big tech, and big oil, they are not your president. And I really, Every single one of them so far has done this and they have not been working for us. And so I am adamant about supporting only people who do not take money from these big um, industries and, and, and then just pander to them, make decisions for them because this is what's happening. Our health is being destroyed. The future of our country, our children's health is being destroyed. One out of two children are predicted by 2032 to have autism. We cannot function as a country, not even a superpower. We will not be able to function if that comes true. Where do we rank currently? Or There's a lot of studies, but whereabouts do we rank in your, that you're aware of globally in our basic health as a nation? Last, last of industrialized nations. We spend the most in healthcare and we are last in industrial nations. I think out of the top 17, we are 17 of industrialized nations. It is abysmal. And we have the capacity, we have the modalities, we have the alternative care, the healthcare, we have access to organic food. We have all of the things that we need, but our healthcare system is just such, it's, it's total highway robbery. They're profiting, There's, it's for profit now. And, um, and people are being robbed of the right to basic healthcare. 
and they're being poisoned by the food supply and the water supply on a daily basis and the household objects, you know, things in the households, cabinets off-gassing formaldehyde and carpets off-gassing toxic VOC chemicals. You know, it's it's the lack of regulation that um, has allowed for corporations just to profit at our expense is criminal. It's It's absolutely criminal. They know it's happening and they allow it to keep happening. Steve, I could dominate with questions like it's a one-on-one conversation, but I know you're sitting there with some questions you want to ask, so please jump in. Well, first of all, I I really appreciate you laying it out that clearly that basically no matter what party you're in, uh, you're partying on our dime and we haven't been invited to the party. So I think that's really, really important. Uh, So let's talk more about the uh, education and impact that your work has had and uh, what you're doing now to so that more people can leverage, uh, we like to use the word leverage because that's really where it's at, uh, mm-hmm. leverage uh, the system so that um, we, we can counterbalance this uh, huge uh, elephant and donkey because both parties are involved in the living room. Yeah, well, what we have done is we have decided that focusing on the consumer, um, which I don't really like that name because just consuming, consuming you know, I, I prefer to see people as creative, right, and productive individuals in their society. That's what I'm raising my boys to be. That's who I choose to be. I created the, the possibility for myself of being courage and creativity and a huge contribution to the world, you know, like 11 years ago. And I, I continue to look at my life in that way. What is the future that I'm committed to, which is for me is health and freedom. And what actions am I going to take every day to create that? And that's what I decided early on after the Prop 37 GMO labeling initiative. When we lost that, um, I was sitting in the back of the room because I had passed out flyers and I was part of the you know volunteer groups. It was the first time I had forayed into um, being and doing anything kind of activisty. I I just used to think that people who were activists wore too much patchouli and had too much time on their hands, right? But when my kids got sick. I thought, you know, maybe I could pass out some flyers about this issue because clearly when one went GMO free for four months and his rashes cleared up, uh, there's something to this. Right. And I, being a mom, want other people to know about this because my kids are going to grow up someday and maybe want to have a family. And if their girlfriends or their spouses or partners, whoever they choose, um, you know, cannot reproduce or doesn't want to have a family because they're too sick. Right. Uh, that's a problem. So this was not just a my family needs to eat organic food issue. This was a community issue. Everybody needs to know about it. So I took on some activism. And when we lost Prop 37, I, we were in the parking lot and um, I started crying. I was so sad. I could not believe. I felt like the election had been rigged. And um, my son said, he was nine years old at the time. He said, well, you know, mom, even Star Wars took six episodes. And I was like, yeah. And they had Yoda. You know, and I was like, could could do anything. So I figured, you know, maybe it's just time for a new episode. Maybe it's time for me to take on that I am going to transform the food supply. And I don't mean uh, I like myself, like ego driven. I don't mean that. I just mean I'm not going to wait for Jeffrey Smith or Robin O'Brien or Pam Larry to do it. Right. I am going to do something. I'm going to take on responsibility for what is it and ask be in the inquiry. What is it that I can do? To transform the food supply. And so I decided to, within a couple of days, to, to invite people to join into 4th of July parades to raise awareness about GMOs and organic. And that's what started Moms Across America. And we continue to have hundreds of studies. There are thousands, but we've only, we, 
honed in on some of them. Hundreds of studies now up on our data page. So if you want to find out more about GMOs and glyphosate, please go to our data page. Everything that I've talked about is backed by science. There are studies to show what I've talked about for everything on there and hundreds, if not thousands more. And our educational outreach has consisted of educating about people about the three different kinds of GMOs, the hundreds of different kinds of pesticides. Uh, we have a campaign called Toxin-Free Town Campaign, where over 100,000 people have downloaded that document of 10 alternatives to Roundup so that you can get Roundup out of your city and streets and parks and playgrounds. Because glyphosate, for instance, it's the reason why we talk about it is the most widely used herbicide in the world. And 280 million pounds are used every year on our agriculture system. 20 million pounds are used every year on our parks and playgrounds and streets and underneath utility lines like, you know, um, telephone poles, right? And, and along train tracks. So you can get Roundup out of your town, um, which is very important because you could be eating organic, but your neighbor could be spraying Roundup, right? Or your city could be spraying Roundup on your sidewalks. You can get Roundup out of your town. Hundreds of homeowners associations and towns and cities have done this. 60 countries around the world since our glyphosate testing um, has, you know, because I believe that it helped inspire it. 60 something countries around the world have either restricted or revoked the use of glyphosate. And so our educational outreach, which is mostly through the consumers or these, you know, creative citizens in, in our country have, um, has really, I believe, really made a huge difference. And it's everybody's individual choice to do what they can do, how they do it, whether it's make a phone call or post on social media or go speak at their, their city hall about, you know, about using an alternative to Roundup or sharing with their friends at a barbecue picnic. You know, I had a, I, my friend had a barbecue at, um, at the end of our street after school one day. And I was talking to a woman I'd never met before and her kid was running around. He was heavyweight and very erratic behavior. He was screaming a lot. She was embarrassed and she was apologizing for him. And so I said, well, you know, have you, have you thought about, you know, like the food that he's eating? And she's like, I, I don't know. He just eats whatever. I said, well, can I talk to you about that a little bit? And she said, sure. So I told her about GMOs and glyphosate. And at one point I talked about, I was talking about how uh, glyphosate is an endocrine disruptor and can disrupt hormones and behavior and all of that and even cause miscarriages. And then I caught myself because it seemed like it was getting pretty heavy. And I said, is this too much? And she said, no, this is my kid you're talking about. You've got to tell me. And I was like, you're right. I do got to tell you, <laughs> you know, like we have to tell other people what is going on in the food supply, what's going on in the government and take on that personal responsibility to make a difference. And if we do that, there's millions of us, they cannot stop us. They cannot stop us from talking at, in playground parks, playgrounds and parks and, you know, preschool pickup places. They, they, can, they can try to censor us online. They have. They've censored me all over the place on Facebook and social media and lost tons and tons of, all. you know, they've done that. But they're not going to stop every single mom or every single person like that's watching right here today in telling the truth. They can't. Zen, you touched on something that's really important, and I love what you're doing individually and in communities. And that's a, a great point of attack that must continue. Uh, <clears throat> but the time that takes while all of this is going on, and you're maybe having a very positive impact on your immediate family and friends and, and community that you can reach. If we can get government on the side of the people and out of the hands of these special interests 
who gain control over the regulators uh, because of their financial donations to these parties and the party's willingness to look the other way uh, or allow them to, through their lobbyists, to write the regulations that they already know how to get around, like changing the name to, I think, what was it called now, bioengineered versus, yes. you know, GMOs, ways to get around the way the, the laws are written, which only gives lip service to all of your efforts. If we can get government on the side of the people, so it can become a facilitator of this, we can dramatically increase the changes that we need. And that's where, as you and I've talked before, uh, that's where I'm involved with the Common Sense Party and, and nationally with Forward and our efforts. And what you're talking about at local level is what we're all about. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But what I would like to ask you a question, can you focus for a few minutes on specifics to the state of California, what our state has done that you're aware of to allow the kind of usage of, of these pesticides and chemicals and what the impact of that is on not only our state, but because of how big our state is and the food industry on our national health. Okay. Well, first of all, California is one of the largest agri agriculture producing country states in the world. It would be a country, uh, you know, it, it classifies basically as a country if, we're, if you're comparing around the world. And so the amount of agrochemicals that are used in California is off the charts. And interestingly enough, it's the only state that actually has a Department of Pesticide Regulation just for that state. I believe, I believe it's the only state. So they actually track how much uh, pesticides are used, uh, how many gallons of pesticides or pounds of pesticides are used. And you can look that up. There's a map. It's on the California EPA, I believe. Um, I don't have the, the link right now to, to tell you, but there is a map that shows how much pesticide use is going on. And you can see, um, you know, I don't know if it's how updated it is. A lot of times this data is 10 years old, but I saw, for instance, in my county, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, of like 100,000 something pounds, uh, maybe 65,000 pounds of that was specifically glyphosate, um, if I recall correctly. And in uh, the California wine country, it was, you know, well over uh, 100 or 200,000 uh, pounds of it. And this is per year right, of these pesticides that are being used. So California has the most toxic water in the United States bar, except for Hawaii. And Hawaii is where they have uh, the highest population of GMO farms, right, with, with multiple use. They spray sometimes 20 times a day different types of chemicals just to test, um, you know, these t GMO test plots. And so Hawaii has the most toxic water. California is next. And I have to tell you, I saw a massive difference once I moved from Southern California, where my hair was dry and brittle and like often falling out. Um, and my skin was just much less, you know, it just was not as nice. Um, I moved to Asheville, North Carolina, and I have a spring water from a farm, you know, and, uh, you know, well water. It's not municipal water. Um, within two weeks, my hair was shiny and my skin was better and my health was better and my kids felt better. And when we're drinking water that is clean and healthy, we're also, there's less reactions to allergies, right? Because if you're not exposing your gut and messing up your gut microbiome, you can digest food better. So my kids are now able to, because of the changes that I've made in the food supply and the water, they used to be allergic to eggs and wheat and dairy and peanuts and all tree nuts. Now they can eat all of those things 
the, the peanuts and the tree nuts, we don't do as much just in case, right? They choose to avoid those, but when they have eaten them by accident, they don't have to go to the hospital. And the doctors told us that those allergies could kill them, that with repeated exposure, they would eventually probably die from them. And I don't have to worry about that anymore. My kids' guts have healed. They can eat eggs. They can eat dairy. They can eat wheat. Now we choose to eat all organic <laughs> of those things, but um, which I'm sure makes a, is one of the major reasons why they had problems with that in the first place. But um, California, okay, one more thing about California. California has a, um, a organic products advisory committee to the Secretary of Ag, and I was on that as a consumer representative, right, for about, about a year. And on that committee, I got to see presentations by the California Department of Food and Agriculture, the CDFA. And I would compare the, their data to the federal EPA, right? The US EPA, right? Two different departments. Now, the California Department of Food and Agriculture tends to be more strict, actually, than the US federal uh, regulations. And um, they tend to, you know, they have an a, Office of Environmental Health and Hazard Assessment, OEHA is what it's called. I've been there several times talking about the harms of glyphosate. They actually put glyphosate on the Prop 65 list because, uh, which is, you know, a, that it has to have a label, a warning that it can cause cancer or birth defects. You see them in almost every, every fast food place you go to because of the oils can cause cancer or birth defects. Um, but uh, they put glyphosate on the Prop 65 list because the IARC, the International Agency for Research on Can and Cancer, put glyphosate on their list. And so the California Department did. The U.S. EPA did not. So the California uh, you know, Food and, Food and Agriculture Department is, is more strict about uh, certain classifications of chemicals than the U.S. Um, FDA. So there's that. And then also they made presentations and the, the CDFA saying, look, we've, we tested 1200 samples over the year for pesticides and chemicals and 98% of them came below, you know, uh, or this was in, in, in just in California, 98% of them came below the allowable levels. So essentially we're doing a good job. The food is pretty safe. All of that sounds nice, right? But when you actually look at what are they testing for and what were the levels allowed, it's a nightmare. And it's total fraud and it's criminal. First of all, out of the, the, the chemicals that they tested for, there was a list, right? Of these are the chemicals we tested for. I took a look at that. And then I asked my farmer friends and the EPA, because the EPA tracks what are the most, and the, and the California Department of Food and Ag, the Pesticide Regulation Board, they track what are the most widely used pesticides. Guess how many of the most widely used pesticides were on the list of this is what we tested for. Take a guess. Well, not zero. For California tested for three of them. And the US FDA, FDA tested for two of them. So, so you're, you're on mute, Michael, but um, so you have to unmute yourself. How long was the list? So I, I was just looking at the top 25 most widely used herbicides. How many of those were on the list we that was actually tested? That, yeah, they had three. California had three and the U.S. FDA had two. So that, first of all, tells you they're not testing for the most widely used herbicides and pesticides. And then they're saying, well, 98 percent of them are, you know, they're not. And then what are the levels? So the levels, for instance, of let's just say glyphosate are most the most widely used herbicide. They allow 30 parts per million 
of glyphosate on, for instance, wheat, okay, that we eat. It's sprayed as, on glyphosate as a drying agent before harvest. Now, that number is 30,000 parts per billion. And what Seralini and uh, many other scientists have shown that 0.1 parts per billion, or in some cases, one parts per billion, causes things like sex hormone changes, liver damage, thyroid damage, uh, like four parts per billion per kilogram per, per body weight can cause liver cancer, liver disease. We have an epidemic in America now. It's a close to one out of three Americans have some form of liver disease. They have liver damage. That's an epidemic. Over 100 million people in America have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Many of them are children. Where's that coming from? Guess what? Glyphosate has been proven to cause non-alcoholic fatty liver disease at very low levels, ultra low levels. It should have been banned a long time ago. And they are failing to do this. We are getting sick and big pharma is profiting. It's a perfect profit circle for them, by the way, folks. Okay, so many of these chemical companies like Syngenta, largest chemical producer in the world, is based in Switzerland. Um, their sister company is AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca makes 400 different, at least 400 different drugs that treat the very same symptoms that their pesticides cause. Same thing, Monsanto had connections to pharmaceutical companies. You all know that Bayer is a, basically a pharmaceutical company and a chemical company. Dow and DuPont, same thing. DuPont owns the, the majorities of the antibiotics. The antibiotics that you buy, at, uh, no, sorry, yeah, the, um, not antibiotics, the probiotics, the probiotics. So if you're buying a probiotic from like Garden of Life or something like that to support your gut, it's coming from DuPont, which is also making the chemicals that destroy the beneficial bacteria in your gut. So they're profiting from the problem that they're creating, right? And, and, and they create the problem and, and figure out how, what they could do to offset it on the short term. Yeah. So it creates that perfect cycle of them getting constantly richer and our health getting constantly poorer. Yes. And, and, and more profit for them. Yeah. At our expense. You know, there's a, there's a classic, yeah, there's a, there's a classic thing that politics is always downstream from culture. So in a certain regard in talking to moms in developing this on the ground culture of eating more healthy and becoming more aware, you're essentially, you know, setting the foundation for, for doing this. And yet, uh, there is still this mythology that if I if I talk to most of my friends who identify as Democrats, they will tell you that the Democrats are the party of regulation, of saving the environment, of stopping this poisoning. And and so uh, how do we break this trance and how do we get people to essentially, and this is uh, in a way Michael's department because of his connection with the uh, Common Sense Party in California and the National Forward Party, how do we get people from this awareness on the ground of, hey, this stuff is making me and my kids sick, and the government is complicit in it, to essentially taking that individual power that we have as a consumer and turning it into agency power, where we're actually able to act in accord in a way that's actually going to move the dial? Well, I think the way that we do that is through education, through outreach, and people um, receiving the information in a multiple, you know, just many different ways through media, through articles, through social media posts, through conversations. The most effective way though, is in a conversation. It's in like, Hey sis, I noticed, you know, um, you know, 
my niece has all kinds of rashes. Is it okay with you if we have a conversation about this? I learned something just recently and I think it could help, you know, take it or leave it. But I just, I found this out and I, I really, like, I feel responsible, like compelled to, to share this with you. Is that okay? You know, like ask permission and to share information. And my book, Unstoppable, goes through the steps on doing that. How to talk to your family members about GMOs and toxic chemicals. How to address the topic. How to, we use this um, methodology, actually a sales methodology, but it's, it's not intended to be manipulative. It's really intended to connect, which is feel, felt, found, right? So when somebody says something like you, you talk to them about the food supply or rashes or, or, maybe how expensive organic food is. And then you say, well, you know, I know how you feel. When I saw the prices of organic, I felt the same way. But you know what I found? I found when I stopped buying soda, like that price tag alone was enough for me to be able to afford organic bread and pasta. And those are the two things that my kids eat the most of. And when I did that, I found that he started sleeping better. Because here's the thing, like glyphosate destroys the beneficial gut bacteria. That's where melatonin is. That's where serotonin is. You don't have sufficient levels of melatonin or serotonin. You're not going to sleep well, and you're not going to feel satiated, meaning you're going to have addictive behavior. You're going to be cranky. You're not going to, nothing is ever going to feel like it's good enough. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your addiction to all kinds of things that can destroy a marriage. You're talking about fathers not being around. I am positive that there is an addiction to porn and gambling and alcohol and drugs and opioids simply because... Their, their gut bacteria is messed up. They don't have the balance to have serotonin in their gut to have them be able to be satiated from whatever it is that they're experiencing. I'm, I'm, I'm completely sure that that is a major factor in tearing apart families is that the fact that we don't have proper serotonin levels because glyphosate's destroying that. But the work that you're doing is absolutely essential and we're gonna do everything we can to help promote the understanding of healthy communities what are the most important things that we can do, as I alluded to and mentioned earlier, is to get government on the side of the people so that it could be a facilitator to these changes? Because the time it will take to educate <clears throat> our entire citizenry to, to make healthier choices uh, can be accelerated dramatically if the government would begin to change the way it operates and begins to operate on behalf of the people. And then people... I have this conversation endlessly with people. They go, they can go on and on about the problems, but then like you've done and demonstrated, what can I do? You jumped in and are doing everything that you can and you've dedicated yourself to this. I'm working on, on the other side of that, which is at the root causes to get government there so that all of your efforts can be accelerated. And that's the, where the combination of what we're doing hopefully will help us create those healthier futures. Let me explain real briefly to our audience the impact because people think, God, this is so overwhelming and it's gonna take forever to make these changes. You've given them an example of where to start on a personal level, mm -hmm. but there's one other thing that, that they can do. And most people are overwhelmed with just dealing with life, dealing with their children, with their sick children and family members having two jobs to survive, to pay the rent, to pay the, pay the cost to live. Most people are, are feeling overwhelmed by life and the stress of it right now. So they go, what? I can't do anything more. And for those people, I say, you can't. You can do what, what Zen just outlined, which doesn't take any more time, but dropping the sodas or something, you can now afford to buy those and you'll see it beginning to see a change instantly in your health of your own immediate family. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, something that takes 
in our state of California, roughly five minutes to go online to change your registration to the common sense party. Because we don't need another party. We don't need a third party. Those have all failed or they're heavy orthodox. A new kind of party, though, that can impact our government. People say, oh, that's such a slow process. It'll take forever. No. Think of what Elon Musk accomplished when he came out with Tesla and what he accomplished with SpaceX within an extremely short period of time, almost immediately after Tesla started to become the popular car here in California. All of the automakers, which were losing market share, all of a sudden said, I got to change what we produce because we're losing market share. The impact he's had on the automotive industry in a very short period of time has been dramatic. The impact he had on the space industry when they launched a couple of rockets has been dramatic. As soon as there is a new kind of party that says, come as you are, you don't have to change any of your beliefs. We're not asking you to, to walk away from any of the principles that why you want to wear that blue label of D or that R label of red or green or whatever the heck you are. Don't change. We're not asking you to change any of that. What we're asking for people is to say, we need a new kind of party that will give an option so that our parties will be forced to change the way they deliver results for the people. They will be forced to begin to collaborate and have a new level of accountability. Yes. Or they'll continue to lose market share. And second to that is all of those really good people that went off to try to do in a political realm what you've done on a on a individual level with the food industry, the food supply, but they immediately got into the system and were told and recognized you either do what leadership tells you to do, which is being dictated by the money, or you're gone. So they acquiesce and say, well, it's better me than someone else. I'll try to play the game. I'll make incremental change. And we see the results of that. But as soon as there is a new kind of party that says, you don't have to give up any of your beliefs or change who you are or adopt, can't promote this issue or you can't talk about that issue. When they can do what their constituents expect and have asked them to do and what their heart tells them to do, people will begin to stand up very quickly and say no when leadership tells them to allow these pesticides to continue. When they see a bill come across their desk that they know is going to contribute to the continued decline of our health, our environment, our education, etc., they'll be able to stand up and say no. And if you threaten to take away my endorsement so that you think you can force me to capitulate and do what you're telling me, no, I'll just become a common sense Democrat or Republican and then I can do the right thing and I'll get reelected. Uh, and those changes can begin to immediately be impacted as soon as the Common Sense Party gets that certification as a new official party. The reason a new official party is so important is because, and the parties have controlled it with the campaign finance laws. And that's the big carrot that they hold over everyone is without the endorsement of a, an official party, you lose the campaign finance laws ability to give you a huge advantage over your opponent. The campaign finance laws in California give an endorsed candidate over anyone else and over nine to one financial advantage on personal uh, fundraising, specifically to that. An individual who wanted you in to get run for office in California, help you get elected, they could write you one check for $5,500. But if you're the endorsed candidate of an official party, they could write you a second check for 45500 
written out to the party for your campaign. The party then endorses that check back to your campaign. So in essence, that individual was able to give you $51,000 just because you were a member of an official party. And even worse than that, as a representative of an official party, the party can raise money from anyone, any amount, and give your campaign unlimited funds. So if you are in a race with an opponent and they want to hold on to that seat, they can pour as much money as necessary to drown out your opponent's message. We all know they can say anything. They do. They'll lie through their teeth. And they're never held accountable because of the, the media and others. And the race is won. They go off their merry way and continue to gain more and more power and control over our political system. So the impact of a new kind of party like ourselves can have an immediate impact on beginning to bring accountability and dramatic change and give the people a choice. And that's the impact we can have. And that's why working together, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to, to help us work with moms across America here, specifically in California and nationally through our Ford Alliance to begin to get people elected, quality individuals who will be independent of the, the control of these parties and begin to make the kind of decisions to facilitate the kind of changes at the government level that you're working on the individual and community level on. So yeah. uh, I'm excited about it, yeah. as you can tell. I'm, I'm excited too. My mom used to say common sense isn't common and you know we, need, <laughs> we just need to make it more common and we need to support candidates that are not taking funding from these uh, these big uh, indus industries that are poisoning us because then their, their judgment and their, their policies cater to them, not to us. So it's, it's very, very important to be considering that. I want to highlight, Michael, just one thing. I want to, I want to oh, highlight something that you said and expand upon it. Uh, be before the show, you told me that two of the, uh, common sense party endorsed candidates, one a Democrat, the other a Republican, won their district. And these are people who are declared independent from their party narrative so that they don't have to follow that. So I think that's very heartening that with the help of the Common Sense Party and the help of uh, educating the voters that there really is an alternative, that there really is a way forward, yes. uh, that shows, that's an indication that they won, this is an 2022 election, they, uh, these two wonderful. candidates won their seats. That's wonderful. And I would continue to urge the common sense movement and campaign to, to really some basic things. Our food should not be sprayed with poison. Okay. That's a basic thing. Our food should not be sprayed with poison. That's common sense. Our food should be nutrient dense, right? And, and the problem is the poisons and the fertilizer are depleting. Glyphosate acts as a chelator. It's taking the vitamins and minerals out. So glyphosate should not be sprayed on our food supply at all, not for weeds and not for as a drying agent. It should be banned. That is, that is a basic common sense thing. And the other pesticides and chemicals that are used on our food supply should be proven safe with long-term, I, I, I hate to say animal testing because I don't like animal testing, but that's the only way right now to prove long-term animal studies with blood analysis on the final formulation. That would make sense. GMOs should be labeled. I don't think they should be in the food supply at all, but they should be labeled, right? and that our food should not contain poison. If we just did those things, the majority of our health issues would go away. We wouldn't be spending $3 trillion a year on healthcare. We wouldn't be you know, going to war in different countries 
over food supply issues and pesticide issues and fertilizer issues. That's, there's a lot of an underlying thing. It's oil. Oil sludge is used in pesticides. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, things that are going on right now um, because of corporate greed. And, you know, speaking out for common sense issues can definitely just check the politician and say, okay, it just makes common sense for this to be happening and that to be happening, the other thing, you know, and, and I, I really applaud the people that are making those efforts and, and bringing, bringing those issues forward in a common sense way. That makes a lot of sense. The only thing I would want to add to what you just said is everyone can bring it home in their own family. Yes. There isn't a family that I know that doesn't have one or more people, obese, diabetic, died of cancer, has cancer. We all are experiencing that on our individual family levels. Uh, one of my best friends just had his, his liver removed last week, cancer of the liver. I mean, we all have it um, we're surrounding us. And so it's like, come on, folks, have the courage. As Zen asked earlier to stand up, you called them, uh, I think it was creative citizens, mm -hmm. to take creative action. People need to say, I need to just stand up and know and do what I can to contribute. If you don't have more than that five minutes to join us with your party, if you have more than that five minutes, everybody can find five to do the registration change. But then if you have resources like contacts, skills, money, whatever, contribute to Moms Across America on your community level, but also contribute to the Common Sense Party so that we can work together to get government on the side of the people, to be a facilitator to all of the things that we experience and need in our own families, in our own communities. Yep. And, and, and I always say the last question. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say the best way to get involved is to ask others to get involved. So host an event, host a coffee, you know, a coffee gathering on a Saturday morning with bagels or host a movie night. Uh, you could show Communities Rising, our movie. It's on YouTube. It's 45 minutes. It's free. And then we have flyers. Um, I don't think they're available right now because we're having warehouse issues, but pretty soon we'll have more of our flyers available. Like the, we have flyers on why eat organic and um, Moms Across America, you know, flyers on toxins and things like that. And you can talk about the common sense party. You can talk about the issues. Just come together, get together with your neighbors and connect and have these discussions because that's how we're going to alter things. And then I have to log off. So you had one more question. That is, our, I'd like to end our, our show with, describe briefly what the more beautiful and just world your heart knows is possible. Oh, beautiful. Well, what I see is possible is a world filled with uh, pollinators, with bees and butterflies that are just prolific all over our grasses and lawns where we have uh, wildflowers blooming and biodiverse vegetation and flora and fauna. And our children are healthy. They are mostly educated outside and they're able to run around and play and connect with other human beings of all different ages and we are eating, you know, healthy food that's grown mostly locally. Small farms have made a comeback in our neighborhoods and areas. And we, you know, we have moved away from more of the dense city populations and more of a sprawling sort of, you know, um, more like a village sort of perspective with farms around us. And we have more localized access to organic, healthy, nutrient-dense food. And we're supporting each other with local um you know, our careers, our activities, our jobs, that our professions that we do are more localized. And so we are more self-sufficient, we're more self-reliant, and um, we are definitely 
uh, not beholden to the WHO, you know, the World Health Organization or any giant corporate uh, global organizations that want to control what we do. We have more freedom and health for sure. The world I want to live in. Steve, any last comments? Otherwise, we'll close the show. Well, thank you, Zen, for being with us. And thank you for pointing out the relationship between healthy, clean, nourishing food and common sense. <laughs> I think that might be a, a very good uh, melding of brands and missions. So let me put in a word for that. Thank you. Because without food, we can't do anything. We can't do our jobs. We can't. Politicians won't be sane to run the country. Right. And policemen. It's and pretty much not now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we need healthy food for everything. Relationships or jobs or careers or schools, everything. So I appreciate people focusing on that. Thank you so much. I've got to run. I have another call, but thank you. It's great to talk okay. with you all. Bye, Zen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for those still watching the show, I can't uh, emphasize enough that Moms Across America uh, is, a, is a great group to get involved with. We're certainly going to be involved with them. We are here with Front and Center, and we'll get involved there with the Common Sense Party and the Forward Party. Um, and again, like, share, help us pass this word on. Uh, and help us move towards that more beautiful and just world that Zinn uh, pointed out her vision of it. It's a world that I know I want to live in. It's going to take us a long time to get there, but we can get there a lot faster together. Steve? Well, thank you, Michael. I think this was a very, uh, very cogent and focused interview that I think uh, opened the, opens the eyes of a lot of people uh, to the relationship between food and common sense and uh, the under understanding that we all we all share this uh, this need and desire for healthy bodies that create healthy minds, healthy spirits and so on. And that is the the front and center focus uh, of our lives. And so let us move to the front and center so that we create this great upwising where we wake up, wise up, grow up and show up. Thank you. And we'll get off of that political battlefields and get on to the cooperative playing fields. Join us at Front and Center. Join the Common Sense Party. Join Moms Across America. Thank you so much for staying with us. Mm -hmm.